Welcome to season five of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. It's important to keep up on the latest trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Two guarantees you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 87 of the Making Marketer podcast. This is part two of our season four reunion show, kicking off season five. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. My trusty sidekick, Jen Cole, had a work call come up, so will hopefully be joining us later. So we don't have her right now to banter with, but of all the groups to banter with, this is probably going to be one of the most lively. (laughs) So for those of you, if this is your first time listening to this, each start of each season, we do a reunion show that kicks off um, the new season. And we try to have as many guests back as possible from the previous season. And the idea is to see how they're doing, recap what their show was about. And then we ask one big question. So I'm going to have everyone introduce themselves and just briefly, please. And rather than me have it reading it like I usually do because we have such a short period of time. And at the end of every time, you'll hear me say every time, oh my gosh, that went so fast because it just does. I mean, it's like, boom, and it's time to be on to the next group. So we'll have three groups of people and I think a total of like 14 people today. And so this is going to be a lot of fun. So my guests today are Rob and Kennedy, Dennis Wakabayashi, Dorotea Bozicolona Volce. Welcome. Hello. Howdy. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to have you all here. And so I'm going to start all round robin. Well, I'll ask you, you know, to tell us about yourselves and we'll talk about your podcast and then I'll circle back and we'll do the, the big question. Okay. So I'm going to start with Rob and Kennedy. Rob, you work together, but you're separate people. So I'm going to ask you to introduce Oh, no. Yourself. Are we? Oh, no. Are we really separate people? All right, <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy, why don't you go first? <laughs> Rob, you tell people about us, I guess. Yeah, sure. So I'm Rob. I'll be using this voice for the rest of the episode. I probably used that joke on the last episode as well. Kennedy is the other one. <laughs> I we do are... the original jokes on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I we think are the first. The fa- <laughs> We're the founders of emailmarketingheroes.com and the Email Marketing Show, our podcast about email marketing. We have been a hypnotist and a mind reader respectively. I'm a hypnotist, Kennedy's a mind reader for the past mm. almost 20 years, which is terrifying. Uh, we became friends all that long time ago at a magician's convention. Yes. But that- you knew you'd still be friends 20 years later, right? Yeah, you Kennedy did. Like that's right. <laughs> and we, uh, this is our intro time. Uh, and we, <laughs> and we now apply the skills of hypnosis and mind reading, psychological mind reading into teaching businesses how to do better email marketing. Love it. Anything to add, Kennedy, or did he nail it? No, no. I mean, we're just obsessed with email marketing. The problem with most email marketing is it's terrible. Nobody likes it. Everybody looks at, look at your inbox. All the emails you receive, terrible. No one wants to read it. The results you're getting from your email marketing, terrible. It's because it's the same old stuff and it hasn't modernized at all. So that's where we we come in and help businesses, small businesses mostly, who are coaches and courses and membership sites 
to become the email marketing heroes of their business. That's the point. So that we all receive better emails and we all get better results without being overwhelmed and thinking email's this big technical terrifying thing. When it's not, it's just about relationships with people. Exactly. Yeah, that email and, and websites obviously still remain the land you own versus social, which is a way to get people hmm? onto your list and to your website, but shouldn't be the main event. So as you can probably guess, we talked email marketing <laughs> on their episode. Little bit. There, yeah. there are so many good like tactical nuggets that you can take away. So I hope you listen back to that episode and I will pull up what number episode that was. I loved everything that everyone can take away from that. And I appreciate right. you guys coming back for this little reunion. All right, Dennis Wakabayashi. We Hi. talked... Hi. Yeah. So you are in the know about so many things, but we talk TikTok, but yes. let's tell our, tell our listeners something about yourself. Megan, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. I feel like I'm like on a YouTube show with uh, YouTube royalty here. It's quite a show. Uh, my name is Dennis Wakabayashi. I am a vice president at a Fortune 500 marketing company. And my other passion is teaching. I'm a university instructor on the topics of digital marketing. And I have a new project, actually, since we're talking about uh, what's going on, which is I thought it'd be fun to start over because I have a, a fair enough following on my regular social media. I started a new account called Your Business Bro, and it's really for me to help students connect with senior executives, learn tips and tricks. So I just thought it'd be fun to start all over at the bottom again. So that's kind of what I'm doing. And it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. He and I uh, agreed to... I was going to challenge him in a TikTok dance. Oh, we're going, to, we're going to do that. It still hasn't happened. Renegade. <laughs> I definitely need to do something. I haven't even opened TikTok in a while, so I need to, I need to get back into it. I see Alexa over there. She, she's about to hit the wall. I can see it now. <laughs> Part of our next group has entered the building. All right. I appreciate you being here with us and your episode was episode 79. And um, all right, I am delighted to introduce our next guest and that is Dorotea. Dorotea, you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? To yourself, yes, of to course. I, I noticed at the very beginning, you did great on the first part of my name, sort of. Uh, so I know, okay. listen, I, I've been beaten up so much as a child, you know, when I was, I was just bullied. And I, it's probably why I'm, I've survived as long as I have, but it's just that bullying. My real, you know, my correct pronunciation, my name is Dorotea Bozi Colonna Volpe, like paying a bill. I always remind my clients of that. I thought that's what I so, said. Yeah. All right, that's cool. <laughs> very, very, right. very close. I think talking about myself is really boring. So if people want to learn about me, they can either follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Social Espionage. And they can see some wonderful videos of me drunkenly skateboarding in Paris. Going there right now. To Paris. You're going to Paris? Dennis, will you take me with you? Yes. Yes. Her episode was episode 83, and we talked about how she turned tragedy into triumph. Basically, we talked about her journey, and she's had such an interesting life and career. And as my co-host, Jen, we did it live, and she was in the audience, and she was riveted. She actually hung on your every word. So go Ooh. ahead and check out episode 83, and you can get into that. All right, y'all. On to the big question. What is the most important business lesson you learn during this 
ongoing pandemic, right? We're not out of it. Um, that will help you and hopefully our listeners, of course, by extension, um, forevermore. So Kennedy and Rob, you can answer separately or one of you can take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be gobby then. All right. So for me, I mean, the, def- the thing for me is take stuff that everybody obsesses over figuring out and improving the stuff you're not very good at. Self-help perpetuates this. Oh, you're really bad at that thing. Buy a course. Come on this retreat. Let's cry. And then you'll emerge transformed and you'll feel like you've had a transformation. No, why bother? Why not instead focus on the stuff you're really good at, the stuff that's really working, and make your peaks higher so that you can't even see the troughs anymore. So what we did, what we learned through this pandemic is look for more stuff that's working and then systemize it, automate it and do it again and again. The thing we see with people doing email marketing wrong is they think they have to, inv- they have to invent all the time. No, you don't. Yes, you need new campaigns. Yes, you need new ways of promoting your thing. But when you find the ones that really work, really resonate and you really like, systemize them so everybody goes through them. Everybody finds out when they join your list who these who th- these characters are in your business and they find out about your products and your services. So for us, it's been about looking at what are we really good at? Let's do more of that. Let's do more of that because that means we get to stand above everybody else on those things. We are terrible at so many things, including hair. We're, but we're really good at email marketing. So why don't we just show people how to do that? We're really good at connecting. We're really good at chatting. So create a podcast. Let's do that. Do email marketing. Let's do that. Do more of what's really brilliant about you. And you never have to worry about being depressed and all like, stuff down there is terrible because I can't even see it because the clouds are in the way. So that's what it is for me. Rob, so Kennedy can speak for himself on this hair thing. That's just about him. He's got no, no, no place talking about my hair. Yeah, I think the big thing for us was making sure that in a world where suddenly everything went wrong and everybody had suddenly problems, we created a massive consistency by having these automated kind of perfect systems that were just working for us every single day. I remember on Christmas Day, Kennedy and I were at our respective places having Christmas dinner. And we like made a sale of our stuff on Christmas Day, even though we didn't send an email at we didn't physically send an email that day. It went out to everybody because it was pre-written and automated. And we both got a payment notification through on Slack and we just slacked each other and said, hey, dude, we just made a sale. And it's Christmas Day. And I think one of the big things about that is we think, sure, we're not sat on our computers browsing the internet for things to buy on Christmas Day, but there are other people in the world who are, who don't celebrate Christmas, who are spending Christmas away from their partner for some reason and instead are deciding to look for stuff online. And so I think ordinarily our brains would tell us, oh, well, other people, you know, it's Sunday, nobody checks their emails on a Sunday. It's Christmas Day. Nobody checks their emails on Christmas Day. But actually, we don't have the right to say that people do or don't. So actually, it's much better to just have the systems in place. And then likewise, recently, Kennedy was rushed off to hospital one morning. He texted me saying, dude, clear my schedule. I've got abdominal abdominal pains. And so this is like three weeks ago and got rushed off to hospital to have his appendix out because he's eight years old. And then basically off the back of that, we had to suddenly like clear our decks for the day. We couldn't do any of the things we planned to do for the next couple of weeks. But that's okay because we have all the systems, all the automation, all the stuff just running and happening in the background just because we took what works and then automated it. Dorothea, what 
is the most important business lesson that you've learned during the pandemic that'll help our listeners and yourself? Right. So I don't know if anybody had the opportunity or they will have the opportunity to listen into the podcast that I did with you, Megan. And thank you, by the way, again, for inviting me to meet all these lovely people. And for that matter, for just being on your show. It was a real honor for me. I think I shared in your show that I lost every living family member I had left in Italy and France in the span of seven weeks at the beginning of COVID. So I was attending funerals at all different times of the day and night and still running my business. And it was a very difficult time. I'll admit that there was probably a point when I lost one specific uncle, the one who taught me how to tie my shoes when I was four, that I really didn't want to get out of bed. But I did it for my clients. And I think if there's anything that I learned, and I think this is a business lesson for all of us, and it's a good lesson in grace, it's to be empathetic, right? We do it, I think we choose to be empathetic to the people who we know and love, but it's different to be empathetic to strangers, you know? For sure. I used to joke around, my French grandfather used to have this saying that you cannot be mad at a nine-year-old if he doesn't know calculus, which I basically, I think he was trying to say, don't suffer fools, you know? But I will say at the end of the day, if there's anything I could... Any advice I want to give to anyone, whether they're a small business or whether they're an individual working in a large enterprise, before you think you're going to say something, before you think you're going to act, shut up and be empathetic because you never know what that person's going through. You absolutely never know what their day's been like or what have you. I mean, I remember like going to a virtual funeral in Paris and then literally having to take a call with an SVP at L'Oreal. 15 seconds later, you know, just like having to kind of brush myself up and, you know, and and compartmentalize. So I think if anything, uh, 2020 certainly taught me a lesson in empathy. Fantastic. Yeah. I learned, I think Jen and I learned to the nth degree that we're both empaths. We discovered it to a level which we just quite didn't know we had the capacity for. So I love that answer. All right. Last but certainly not least... In this group, Dennis, what is your answer to the the big lesson, the most important business lesson that you learned over this past year and a half or so? Uh, I think the first thing I learned was we all wanted to work from home until we had to. But seriously, (laughs) I think we opened up the world economy and the ability for people to work from any place, anytime. And that really gave a lot of people new opportunities. I think it also sent a wake-up call to a lot of businesses that they have to be more connected to their employees and to the humans that work around the world. And so in that way, I think it brought us all together. I would say Dorothea was right that uh, I think we had more of a collective spirit come together during the pandemic. So I think the biggest thing I learned was we're all in this together. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I hate to say it, but this brings us to the end of group one. Thank you, Rob, Kennedy, Dennis, and Dortea for being with us today. We can't do this every week, but we will, we will try to do it again. Maybe we'll do a mega reunion at after season five. We can do like, we'll do like a special, as many people back from the first five seasons as possible. That would be crazy. All right. So thank you all. And now we'll go move on to our second group. And here we have group two with us today in part two of our reunion show. We have Chris Kraft, Nathalie Gregg, and Alex Heinrich. Welcome, all of you. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. And also, Jen is here. Hi, Jen Cole. Oh my gosh, hi. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) This is the fun about, you just never know what's going to happen with these crazy reunion shows, people coming in and out, technical difficulties, you know, all that we're getting all the things. I just want to pack everything into one show. All right, so I'm going to start with Chris Kraft. You are, first of all, a writer, and I have to say this again, just your name 
craft <laughs> is amazing for, for what you do. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be back. All right. So give our listeners a little a quick info about yourself. Sure. Chris Kraft, I'm the chief content officer and co-founder of Neil Lux Marketing, alongside my awesome partner, Maureen Jan. I help uh, B2B tech companies and um, healthcare organizations uh, do content strategy, content execution, and branding as well. We have a whole lot of fun doing it. I like to say um, the nerd analytical side and data SEO side of our agency, and whereas Maureen and that side of our team is the more uh, creative and design and strategy focused side. And we have a lot of fun serving in the way we do. I love it. Yeah. And his episode was episode 67. And we did talk about copywriting. And I mean, it's at the heart. I actually saw a tweet earlier today asking which should come first, writing or design, which Ooh. we could probably do a whole show on that, right? Because it's such a, it depends <laughs> on what you're doing, first of all, right? It depends on the thing and what you're trying to accomplish. But yeah, so super interesting. Yeah. And I am more the the fluffy side versus the analytical side. So <laughs> that's cool that you, you all have the yin and the yang. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So next up is Nathalie Gregg. And we talked about Twitter chats. Well, I'll get to that in a second. But Nathalie, please introduce yourself and a little bit about you. Awesome. Megan, thank you so much for having me back again. And hello to Jen as well and everybody else. I'm so thrilled to be here. I am Nathalie Gregg. I am an adjunct faculty member and a leadership and performance coach. I am all things on Lead Loudly, which is a hashtag that means to be bold, confident, and fearless. I'm also the founder of the Lead Loudly Twitter chat, and we chat about all things branding, entrepreneurship, and leadership every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Love it. Yeah. And the timing has ended up not being great for myself, but Jen and I have been guests on that Twitter. I love a good Twitter chat. Yes. Oh, all right. yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And last but not least in this group is um, Alex Heinrich. Welcome, Alex. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hello. Thanks again for having me back. I'm Alexa Heinrich. You can call me Alex. I'm an award-winning social media manager in Central Florida for St. Petersburg College. But more notably than that, I am known for my advocacy when it comes to accessible best practices for social media. So you might see me on Twitter calling out brands, organizations, elected officials on occasion <laughs> when I'm trying to teach them about what they could do to make their content more accessible for disabled users. Which is so important. And I tell you what, you have opened up my eyes in so many ways. I have your voice in my head when I'm writing alt text. Yeah, there's no question how important it is. And I'm trying to do a much better job um, because of your influence. So yeah, so that goes to our, the obviously the episode we did was on accessibility. And I think that, again, you are on a Twitter chat, you're on Madeline's Twitter Smarter Chat, and that's how I learned about you. And so I think everyone who listens to that will really get a lot of like tactical, very specific things that they can do right now. And I think they'll come away with understanding that it's, it's not that hard. Really, it doesn't take extra that much extra time. It's not that hard, right? What would you preach as your main, would that be it or would it be something else? I would say that anyone who thinks that accessibility is more work isn't really looking at it correctly. Accessibility makes your work complete. Ah, I like it. Very good. All right, well, I'm going to let Jen now do go around the horn with the one big question. And I also want to welcome those of you who are who have joined us for, for group three. So 
Yes. Welcome to everybody. Okay, Alexa, why don't we start with you? What is the most important business lesson that you learned uh, during this ongoing pandemic that's helped you and, and think will also help our listeners, you know, for the long run? I would say the business lesson I've learned during this pandemic is really more of a lesson I've relearned. And that's that drawing boundaries and actually following them is vital to your success, both professionally and personally. If you're burnt out, feeling overworked, or just taking on more than you can handle, then you're not actually giving your projects, your objectives, or your clients 100%. Saying no or learning how to prioritize what you work on is an art form we should all endeavor to master and that I'm trying to master every single day because I really like to say yes to things <laughs> and I need to get better at learning how to say no when I just don't have the bandwidth or the mental capacity to take on new things. That's amazing. Um, that's a really good piece of advice. And it's something that people really, really need to sit with and take to heart. Give yourself grace and, and learn to say no because... It's so easy to say yes to everything and then not do the greatest job on all of the things because you said yes too much. I love that piece of advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Nathalie, what has been a lesson that you've learned through the pandemic in business that you think would be beneficial to our listeners going forward and that has been monumental to yourself as well? One of the things that I have learned and also embraced uh, during this pandemic and as we hopefully come out of it is that time is short. And so we really need to be cognizant about our why and also cognizant about the things that we want to accomplish because we never know when we'll be in a situation again where things aren't going to be like they were before and especially in business. And being able to be cognizant of that and also understand that it's your network that's going to help you pull through. And knowing how to reach out to your network, to be vulnerable with your network, and to know how to network your ambition, as Kelly Hoey would say, was really beneficial for me. And I really try to continue to keep that front and center as everything in business has changed and will never go back to the way things were. Right. That's such a powerful lesson, too. You guys are really bringing it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Taking us all to church. Guys, these are turning into tweetables. These are so important. So the same question for you, Chris. What has been something monumental that you've learned through the pandemic that just keeps going (laughs) that you think has been monumental to yourself but will also be very helpful to our listeners? Thanks for asking, Jen. For me, uh, this has been helpful as a team le- leader and a person who creates content on people's behalf. And that's to listen more and to consume the right content. I think in the pandemic, we kind of excited about the opportunity to create more and, and pound out more content. But for me, as uh, someone who creates every day, the opportunity to slow down and listen to the perspective of others. One, our internal team members to hear their heart on work and how things were going in the remote uh, situation, but also the the opportunity to listen and to consume uh, content for our clients and to learn more, because I'm not a natural empath. So I have to listen intently and to really hear people's heart uh, over and over again in order for me to get it. And that taught me a lot of lessons on how to better relate to people and how to better serve people's needs. Yeah, <laughs> I think the, the listening part is <laughs> such a big thing. I love that. You guys have all just really blown me away today. It's so awesome. I've, it has been a life-changing and business-changing thing. And it's been so crazy to see how everyone has 
pivoted and overcome or adapted. And and we've all learned some pretty monumental lessons for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I listen more and talk less. I think that's like the best piece of advice for <laughs> any human on the planet for, yeah. for all for all time. So I love that that you said that. Okay, friends, I think is that it for group two, Jen? Did we do it? Yeah, we did it. Oh my we goodness. And boy, did they blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Always. And so everyone, um, be sure to go back and listen to their episodes. And as we get ready for the fifth season, um, we'll be we'll in later this month, but please listen back and make sure to catch all of their awesome content. Here we are. Group three is in the house. And I honestly am so excited about this because we had ended up with just Judy was in the group. And so I opened it up if anybody wanted to move. And Melissa said she wanted to move. And I was like, but I want her and Gary to be in the same group. But then Gary missed. And so then Gary said, can I do it tomorrow? And I'm like, yes, of course you can. So you ended up in the same group anyway. Yay. Love <laughs> so welcome. I know it. To Melissa Majors, Judy Fox, and Gary Ware. Ooh. Good to be Thank here. You. I'm so happy you're here. So Melissa Majors, her um, episode, she was the last episode. So she was just here a minute ago, but that's okay. Cause we're going to bring it home. Cause and actually Gary was my first bonus episode of last summer. So we also are now have bookends. That's kind of cool too. <laughs> I didn't realize that until just now. And the place you come from is, you know, it, we talked with Gary about transforming culture and Melissa's jam, if you will, is inclusivity, um, basically as a business advantage and as a leader. And so tell us a little bit about yourself, Melissa. Yeah, happy to. It's so good to be with you here, Megan and Jen and everybody. I am the author of a book called The Seven Simple Habits of Inclusive Leaders, where I reveal what inclusive leaders actually do to involve others equally. And as you can imagine, I have lots of scoop to share. So I know not only share that through my book, but through on keynote stages and consulting and coaching that I offer as the CEO of Melissa Majors Consulting. Love it. Yeah. And you shared with our listeners on the last episode of of season four, I think it's so important. And I mean, it's always been important, but now we're even more, I think it's just more heightened awareness. And um, like, as I shared, you know, I'm making an effort to, to be better and to do better. And so I really appreciate you being here with us and anyone who um, isn't sure what inclusivity means or what it's about. I'm um, definitely listen to that episode. You will take some things away that you can definitely use right away. But Melissa, will you just real quick, wait, wait, like in a sentence or two, can, what is inclusivity? For Absolutely. Us? So the way I define it is involving others equally. And there's so many ways that our brains get in the way where we don't involve others equally. And as that relates to the workplace, we don't get to capitalize on full team engagement. Like if somebody's not involved, fully involved in a discussion, you miss out on all the great ideas and perspectives they bring to the table. So there's so many simple ways that we can make sure that we tap into the full talent that you have on your team versus just a select few that hold the power. And so I define inclusion, inclusive leadership as figuring out how to involve others equally. And it's not that difficult, but there's some common behaviors and habits that I've discovered through my research. And there's seven shared behaviors that and habits that the most inclusive leaders have. And so I revealed, dropped some of that in that really great conversation we had just a minute ago, but then also in the book. So I love what I'm doing, not because I just, I enjoy sharing messages, but the impact that it's having on organizations, people so fulfilling. Like I really feel like I've found my purpose 
and helping translate and demystify how people can be involved equally. That's great. So powerful. Oh, I love it. So, so Gary, we got to have, have Gary go next. So we talked that it was episode 59, Gary's and transforming culture was the, the name of it. And Gary, one of Gary's things is play though too. So Gary, tell our listeners about your stuff and then we'll talk a little bit about your episode. Awesome. Yes. My name is Gary Ware and I run a small consultancy called Breakthrough Play, where it's our mission to use the power of play and applied improvisation as teaching tools to help teams collaborate better, communicate more deeply, and at the end of the day, create a lasting culture. So what, what Melissa said, uh, yeah, she, she's speaking my language and uh, yeah. I, I'm giving her like the virtual rah, rah, rah. So yeah, yeah. We, we need more of that in the world. Yeah, no question. Thank you. And do you want to give us a couple sentences about Culture Amp is the name of it, right? Because I think... Yeah. I attended an so, event, an online event you guys did, and that's what made me think of you for this show. So yeah. yeah. So uh, Culture Amp is a that does employee engagement surveying and whatnot. They like to call their community the culture geeks, people that geek out on culture. And it doesn't just have to be people that are in HR. Anyone in an organization has the ability to influence culture. And they have these little chapters, and I happen to be a chapter lead in San Diego. It's called Culture First. And it's all about changing the way that uh, we view work. And it's been, over the last year, it's been great having these conversations on all the different facets of culture. And, and how we as individuals can influence that. Yeah. And I, I definitely, I felt a little bit like a fish out of water because it was so many HR people. But I said, I was like, I'm here because I, wherever I can go to learn, I'm here for it. So uh, I appreciate it. I haven't attended since that first one. I should probably come back. I'm still getting the emails. But it's thanks, all good. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. All right. Next up, Miss Judy Fox, tell our listeners about yourself and then we'll talk about your episode. Yes. So I am Judy Fox. I go by the hashtag Fox Rocks online and I call myself a LinkedIn business accelerator. And we also talked about social audio. So there's a lot to unpack there, but I was listed as a top 10 coach in Yahoo Finance's list of 2021 top 10 coaches to work with. So that's exciting. Yeah, it is. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not at all surprised, but that's beautiful. And we Jen and I get to see you next week, don't we? Yes. Yes. Social Media Week, Lima, Ohio. And I'm going to be talking about the power of audio and social audio, which rolls right into listening and why I think social and just audio only has been really, really powerful as a platform. So... Yeah. And we did, we talked about Clubhouse, captivating Clubhouse. You know, we talked about social audio in general, but yeah, because I saw what a difference you were making. Like every room I entered, yeah, they're called rooms on Clubhouse. Yeah. Every room I entered um, that you were a part of, there was always so many um, just golden nuggets about about LinkedIn. And that's the thing is like social audio can be used in such cool ways. And so definitely check out episode 80 with Judy and we talk we talk about that. She's the LinkedIn woman, but she obviously emerged as a big a social audio um, person which helped you elevate, right? Like that that helped you show your coaching skills and and how good you are at at LinkedIn. So, all right, Jen, you want to start with Melissa with one big question. Yes. All right, Melissa. What was one lesson that you've learned through this ongoing pandemic, uh, a business lesson that you think that would be monumental to the listeners that we have? Business lesson. So I am in the hospitality and tourism industry a lot because I'm speaking at events and things like that. Pandemic dried all of that up, right? 
And you know, the old saying, you don't miss your water till your well runs dry. Well, it dried up last year. And before it happened, I thought I was grateful, but now I really put that in practice. So before it happened, I would find myself saying, well, I have to go to work. I have to travel to this conference. I have to go through TSA security. I have to do this. I have to do that. But now like it's completely shifted and elevated my mindset to one that's grateful for everything. I get to go to work. I get to go to this conference. I get to go to security at the airport. Like I get to do these things. And because the craving, while it was missed last year during the pandemic was so deep, I will never forget that. And as a result of just adopting a much more attitude of gratitude, that's, I don't know, that sounds corny. Somebody coined that. It's good, but I'll no, use it I anyway. Love it. That's awesome. But it's true. <laughs> But really embracing that, like my business is thriving because I'm just so stinking grateful for everything. So yes, it helped me in my personal side, but just being grateful has, it's just elevated everything that I do. And so that is the one lesson that I learned that I would share with everybody else. It's a big lesson. So positivity, gratitude, it's everything. We get to do this. We get yeah, to, we get we to have, it. We, it's an opportunity. Like, I will never go to the grocery store and buy toilet paper and not be grateful ever again. Like, don't forget those lessons. I'm like, seriously, the, those little things meant that we missed last year. Just be grateful for it all. I love that. I Thank love you. that. Thank you, Melissa. That's amazing. Snaps to that for sure. What about you, Gary? What was one monumental business lesson that you've learned through the pandemic that you think would be great for our listeners to hear? Yes. You know, similar to Melissa, prior to the pandemic, everything I did was in person. Uh, I would do these facilitations. <laughs> they were in person. And then all of that just stopped. Right. And I, I had that moment of like, all right, what do I do? What do I do? And then as a professional improviser, you know, one that actually, you know, performs on stage, I had to practice what I preach. And that's all about uh, experimentation. And that is my biggest lesson is that I was willing to experiment, try something small and be okay with not being perfect. That has led me to essentially re-envisioning my business. And now I, now that things are starting to open up little by little, I have two things. I can do things in person and they're high quality, you know, events and experiences. And through experimentation, I can do things virtual that I didn't think was possible until I gave myself the permission to experiment and, and fail. And I think every business owner should do that. Exactly. Take some pressure off. Realize you are not perfect. We have a friend that says perfection is a fairy tale. It's so true. You got to give yourself grace. I love that you said that, Gary. And, and we kind of tapped on that with round two a little bit also. It's, it's just, you know, just take it on your shoulders and breathe. I, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners and with us. So Judy, what is a business lesson that you've learned through this pandemic that will never end that you know our listeners will really be impacted and influenced by? Yes. Yeah, so I think unpacking the idea that I've... So I have my master's degree in sustainability. So I've always been thinking about what makes a business sustainable. But I want to unpack for the listeners this idea that we are constantly told to be consistent content creators, to be able to get your message out there. But I think the pandemic really showed people that they may need to pause. They may need to think about what they're about to post. Their auto-generated post from two months ago may not be the correct thing they need to post today. And I think what 
we want more is for people to be real online and to not be robots that consistently create a post at 9 a.m. on Tuesday. We're not paying attention to that. And I don't think that's going to be, that's not sustainability. What is sustainable is how you talk with your audience. They'll remember you if you really are you. They're not just going to remember a random thing and a quote you posted just because you scheduled it out two months ago. Right. So I think that's really being... Dialing back this message that's been preached, be a consistent content creator. That's the only way you're going to work out there. And I think it's changed. And I'm very grateful for that change. And I think it takes the pressure off somebody having to create this, I don't know, a bland marketing message that just constantly <laughs> goes out on Tuesday at 9 a.m. If you have something right. perfect to say at Tuesday at 9 a.m., I don't know why Tuesday's coming up, but you get the picture. <laughs> it takes the pressure off. You get to be back to being real. You can ebb and flow with your message and you can pay attention to what's really happening in the world and in life. And your message can match what's happening in real life out there. Wow. Absolutely. So really showing up and being a human with emotions and, and having real conversations with the real humans that are you know behind and the that brand. will serve your audience. You're not <laughs> yeah. going to lose out because you didn't post every single week. I scaled exactly. back. Sometimes I posted once a month and I still had success and my clients that I did that for too. I said, if this is a, I had the CEO of a hospital, perception matters. And she couldn't be posting all the time because she's running a hospital right. during a pandemic. And she couldn't look like her social media account is just business as usual. So we had to adjust the language, adjust the tone, adjust the pace. And if that meant taking one post a month and making it real and coming out with a good message that we spent time thinking about, that was better serving her and her audience than just pushing this message of constant content creation, which I'm over that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, that's a big message, Judy. I, that's such a big message. I hope that everyone's really listening and taking because we can all live with a little more humanity in our life for real. Yeah. Being real. That's like a novel concept. Hey, uh, being real, being present. It's like, Hey, now but I love how the theme that is really, okay. So now we have all of the input from all of the 22 people or whatever that we've had in these two episodes and that the thread that kind of has gone throughout is, is this like, uh, it's all these things that we should have already been doing that yeah. we that we've realized, right? Like we should always have been authentic. We should always have, but also the grace thing is big grace, grace and empathy of just like understanding that we can't do all the things all the time. And to Judy's point, we don't really need to be doing all the things all the time. And Chris kind of hit on in group two kind of hit on that as well. He said, mm-hmm. Everyone went hog wild with their content and like, oh, we get, we have all this time now to create all these things. And then, and then it's like, wait a minute, let's take a breath. <laughs> let's step back. Is that really necessary? And just because you're home doesn't mean that you have to be running yourself ragged for no real, real reason. So it was quite a reality check we had um, over yeah. the last 18 months for sure. And I, I love that we're all taking lessons from this because what else could you do? Right. hundred percent. Well, this, it's been so enlightening. Thank you all in group three. And I'm so grateful. And I know our listeners are too, that we get such smart people on our yes, show. We do. And I always learn a ton and, you know, friendships that have developed. Like the first group was like, can we do this every week? <laughs> can we get together every week? So I hope that comes through. And I think it does to our listeners. And I appreciate you all so much. And appreciate you, Jen. Let's do this. Rock this season five. Let's do it. 
go. <laughs> All right. So this has been episode 87 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time. Bye.